What's up, guys? It is episode one of Starside Lounge. That's right. We're going official uh, for the destiny.bungie.org podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for our kind of pilot episode last time. Uh, and thank you even more for listening again um, if you made it through that one. With me, uh, I have NCSU Duncan. What's up, man? I'm still trying to think of a catchphrase. You stay on that. We also have Claudius Arerum. How y'all doing? Who is uncomfortably close to his laptop right now. And we have Mr. Master Biggie. Hello. Yeah, Ooh, that's why I'm still trying to think up a catchphrase. <laughs> and I am, of course, uh, Grim Brother One. So thank you guys again for joining us. And we are um, whew, we are fresh back from E3. Uh, I think all of us got back in some sort of capacity within the last week. Um, most of us either got back, I guess, on Friday or Saturday. I know I got back on Saturday morning. Uh, but it was – to say that it is an adventure is almost a disservice to the, the craziness and, and shenanigans that were – contained throughout our trip uh, and i think that's where we should start um just kind of want to go around the the metaphorical room and catch up on what you guys uh thought were some of the the funny moments not even necessarily stuff specifically related to you know the conference itself or the games or anything but just just the craziness i mean i i know me you know i was gonna i think we had landed yeah, I landed, and I think I was in L.A. 94 seconds before we hit an In-N-Out burger. So that was uh, that was good, but uh, it was certainly crazy on through. And, Claude, let's go ahead and start with you, big guy. What's, uh, what are some of the memories that stand out to you? Um, goodness gracious. I had a really good time the whole week. I, I just felt like – That's what? surprising. That's surprising. You yeah. seemed so <laughs> depressed. <laughs> Told everybody how much I hated them. It was great. It was really like <laughs> a lot of fun. No, I, 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 um, I really enjoyed the the after hours stuff. The like hanging out and and drinking too much and <laughs> watching people pass out. That was fun. Um, I love the rotunda. That was a really cool show and extremely high tech in terms of number of cameras involved and the and just the 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 sheer scope of of the money spent (laughs) (laughs) yeah for real Uh, the the rotunda was neat just because that's not something that you can really experience elsewhere like the the on stage like the demo the gameplay stuff obviously we'll get to play at some point but that rotunda thing that's pretty unique to e3 i think well, it's so like multi-sensory too, because you had the visuals, you had the sound, you had the vibrating floor, you had the my, the best, the best part. Um, and I want to set up fans in my room for this. Uh, <laughs> but when you know when the the ship lands and the the guardian gets out and that breeze that just kind of blows in from the engines and you know your hair moves around a little. Oh, that is chill inducing. Really cool. That was yeah. absolutely. Awesome. Best bet to me. Best part of the uh, uh, other than Marty's uh, beautiful. They, they didn't yeah. use them in the Destiny um, display, but there were um, there were also fire um, 
little, yes. little things that shot out fire, and the Blizzard guys used them for the Diablo stuff. Yeah. Uh, forget the Oculus Rift. You know, I want a USB <laughs> fan and flamethrower to plug into my console to really <laughs> immerse that's a, me. That's a, that's a good. That's a good catchphrase. The next generation. <laughs> <laughs> forget the, I, I'm Daniel, and forget the Oculus Rift. Just give me a USB fan and some pyrotechnics by my keyboard. <laughs> that uh, seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> After this week, it should seem like an especially bad idea. Um, <laughs> um, Biggie, what did you think, man? Uh, what were some of your some of your favorite uh, moments? Um, really, all the stupid shit that happened to us. Um, well, I doesn't narrow it down. Yeah, well, well, screw you guys. <laughs> no, I totally understand what you're saying. Anyway, our, but our listeners don't, so you should. Explain. On the way, to, or when we were going to see the Xbox conference, I had to run in with a cop. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that right. As a matter of fact, what? you were very disrespectful to this cop. He told I you was, so. I was <laughs> very disrespectful. Um. We there's free uh, valet parking, and they had managed to close off the inside lane, which is the lane you need to be in to get into the valet parking thing for buses only. So I thought maybe I'd go into that lane to get to valet parking and kind of pulled up slowly to a cop because I didn't want to drive fast by him. And he <laughs> kind of slammed his hand down on the hood and, and told me to roll down the window and grilled me for being just a terrible person and uh that this was really is not an exaggeration actually <laughs> the problem was biggie couldn't explain why he wasn't a terrible person <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't helping <laughs> i was doing my damnedest not to laugh as a matter of fact yep i was ready to just like jump out of the car and run into the uh the gallon center <laughs> like you guys get arrested i'm watching the press really conference the door. so anyway he okay. put me he said get out of this lane and made me go into uh oncoming traffic <laughs> and so that guy really did not like me and then i pulled back into the bus lane anyway so uh, it's the not the only time that he pulled into oncoming traffic is because it was on his side of the car so I wasn't at risk until, like, something really fast hit us. Let's not forget the time you drove on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not the only time we were driving oh. into oncoming traffic. <laughs> there was, was no traffic that night. I don't know what you're... Oh, my God. <laughs> Claude nearly ended DBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know... Death, bungee, really about that. No, come on. Levi and, Ma- and Mike, and there were tons of people left behind. We could have... Uh. It wasn't even 50% of the admin team, you know. It would have been a a, a terrible blow, but... It's no wonder would, Claude has been preaching redundancy so much more in the past <laughs> year, too. <laughs> well, well, when he starts driving down the wrong way of the road. Well, it was late, and I thought I was in Australia. <laughs> that sums up I actually E3. have no excuse. I really don't understand why I did, what, I did that. I don't... It, it was only for like half a second. Until I know. I said, hey, Claude, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be on the other side of the I road. I don't want to pester you here, but <laughs> you might want to drive on the right side of the road. <laughs> Thankfully, that that was as, about as exciting as our car adventures got. I mean, we did get to experience LA traffic a good time at least once or twice. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. I still like, you know, the 
DBO away team hurtling down the freeway, fixing like server problems <laughs> on a tethered laptop. Oh Jesus! As, as we're mobile. So yeah, we were. Yeah, we were the equivalent of like a DBO, you know, low flying satellite, basically. <laughs> I, I, you know, if I hadn't been so stressed that the server had gone down, I might have actually like really enjoyed that because that's it's pretty amazing to sit in traffic on a, on an LA freeway and actually be, you know, like on the internet, fixing the server in Connecticut, right, or wherever, wherever that's that server was, somewhere that else. Server was in Connecticut, Europa. <laughs> it, for all Europa. I know. <laughs> Well, I think I think the time the time lag would have been a little bit out of our control, out of our <laughs> what we could deal with. Yeah, it's uh, definitely. I think just overall the uh, the extracurricular stuff. Um, I mean, it, we really could spend an entire podcast just on that. I mean, everything from the the you know freeway internet to the before and after parties for things to um, late night trips to Subway uh, and Seven Eleven. To cards against humanity, to, to you spending I mean, twenty dollars on a double bacon cheeseburger and a bottle of water. <laughs> oh my gosh! I should have just eaten the twenty dollars. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it would have been healthier for me, and it might have tasted better. Um, the food trucks were redemption for that. Um, so thank uh, thank goodness for that. But. Uh, now, <laughs> yeah, don't eat at the Compass Cafe. If no, you go to uh, never again. <laughs> yes, um, you just lost your credentials for next year. Just like <laughs> say, here's this. <laughs> um, so well, you know, we dreaming. had a lot you of think people actually listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is true. So all four of you, uh, just nobody call the E3 credentials department, um, because otherwise we're going to have to print out a whole bunch more articles. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> just ask Duncan. That's a good um, story. That's so we had a lot of uh, we had a, definitely a lot of adventures with the uh, the side story stuff, but of course there was some sort of conference going on. Uh, and Monday was really the you know the kickoff. And it's funny that uh, Monday I don't know if it was our busiest day, um, arguably our busiest day, definitely our just our definitely crazy. Our- Run or around drinking day. Yeah, at least. Oh, well, yeah, that's the sober day. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which also doesn't narrow down a lot, but still. Um, no. So we so we had our conferences. So we um we woke up bright and early uh, and actually beat a lot of traffic surprisingly um, to get to the opening conference of the day, which was the Xbox One conference. Um, Duncan, what are your impressions of uh, Xbox's conference? Uh, you know, what did you see? What did you like? Something, you, anything you didn't? Well, I'm pretty sure my eyes still have like a slight green tinge to everything I see because that like that every photo we took was, there, yeah, yeah, it was super green. But that was, uh, that, I thought that conference was pretty cool. I mean, that was my first E3, you know, conference or even like big presentation thing ever. So I was, you know just amazed at everything i saw especially when a freaking sports car rises out of the stage floor amidst a huge cloud of fog that was that was pretty amazing they sold a copy of forza 5 then i can tell you that (laughs) Um, (laughs) but i thought i thought the microsoft press conference was was great it was all games they didn't they mentioned connect in passing 
and they didn't. But really I actually mention... think they meant the word connect, like C O N N E C T. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they did have like the the voice command for Project yes, Spark first for Spark. But, yeah, but that was that was really about it. And then TV, they didn't really mention at all. I think the only only talk of TV I remember was when Body Ross mentions uh, the Halo TV well, show. Yeah, really. I mean, the only thing that you really could come close to thinking of as an ancillary type thing was the, the Twitch uh, integration, which really, what's funny, <clears throat> is like so under the radar and was one of the biggest and most impressive things that they announced. And I think it was hilarious so- that it was just really kind of gla- you know kind of glassed over and, and I agree actually with everything you're saying as far as it just being games 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 everybody complains that it's uh you know oh usher is singing again and a and a <laughs> uh, you know an adolescent girl is scratching an imaginary tiger and someone is jumping and doing a workout you know and there's a musical like there's all this this literally was like hey we're microsoft there's a lot of green shit games 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 twitch games games bye you know like it was really solid and what's funny is had this been any other year people would have just been just praising their name in uh you know adoration because of the style of press conference, but they couldn't get over that initial hump of some of the, you know, some of the downsides or some of the supposed downsides to the platform as it was, as it was announced. So we'll get to that later on. Um, Biggie, anything that you had uh, specifically to take away from the conference? Um, in terms of being what people have been wanting for years, which is get rid of all of your extraneous stuff and just focus on games i think they did a really good job they opened with a really strong game metal gear and they closed with titanfall and yep that was that was the right thing to do i'm a i'm a little actually i was really disappointed i guess it doesn't matter now but that they did (laughs) not comment on their drm policies that they just kind of brushed that under the rug swept that under the rug I, i think that needed to be addressed then, um, because it had, it had been such a nightmare uh, prior to E3 and during E3. So that was the one thing that was missing for me. Otherwise... I, I got to um, disagree with you on that. I, I thought that it was it was as solid as it was because they skipped that. I, I felt that that they, they had gotten all that flack ahead of time when that information was released and during the press conference, they focused on the games and that's to me, that was sort of, they almost came back from, from this place where they'd lost the the fight before they even started. It's what everybody kept complaining. You know, it's not about the games. It's not about the games. You know, why don't you just make a conference that's just about the games? And then they did. And people were like, well, you have other problems too. Let's talk I'm, about those. No, I'm yeah, I I agree. <laughs> yeah. The games are important, but people after the conference were still asking questions. Like you can watch any of the interviews. Like, can you yeah. please talk to us about what fl- family sharing actually is? Can you please tell us? I mean, they could have spent five minutes saying, having bullet bullet point presentation, like they did with Xbox Live. They said, um, now everyone can use one gold account. They could have done that for their. DRM, like here are the benefits of our policies. That yeah, they could have done that, and they didn't. <clears throat> That's true. Yeah, it was it was a lot of games, but it was games with 
that lingering asterisk that everybody was wondering about. So yeah, I mean, it's not. It didn't ruin the conference, but I that would have been a good opportunity for them to. But again, well, now and it I also really think that, um, and 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 I do agree in in kind of a certain aspect uh, to this that the downfall of you know the original plan for the X one um, was related to that. It was largely Microsoft's kind of inability to broadcast the right message. Um, it's like you know, if you, it's like getting a car advertisement and telling you all of the things it can't do. You know, it's like, hey, check out this new car. It can't go two hundred. Um, it doesn't have eight gears. It doesn't. You know, you can you, you you know you can't do this without. But not saying, hey, it has this 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 this. Um, you know, I, I saw some interviews and some stuff with engineers uh, who are not PR people. Uh, afterwards, and they did a better job of explaining the potential that the platform had, um, and and so I, I do agree. I think in some ways that they, even with a great press conference that had like was all about the games, that they still missed out on things that they could have said that really would have nailed and solidified their entire idea and their entire their their entire structure and what they wanted to uh, what they wanted to. To get out there as far as the message. Claude, any particular games that you saw during the Microsoft press conference that uh, tickled your fancies? Um, well, Titanfall obviously was, was, a, was a pretty spectacular show. Um, I, I wish I'd made it to their booth. I wish I'd made it through that multi-hour line <laughs> to, see the, to see the yeah. demo. That, um, was a, that was a rough line to, to navigate. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Um Sunset Overdrive looked really fun. Um, gosh, no, it was, su- it was surprising else. seeing Insomniac and Konami, you know, Metal Gear Solid uh, on the Xbox that, stage that, with that the knowing that later that day we'd see Bungie on the Sony <laughs> stage. Yeah. I kept telling Same. everybody it's a bizarro E3. Yeah, but. yeah. It was very yeah, like reversals. It it, it reminded me a lot of um, we started to see that when Final Fantasy started uh, debuting on the PlayStation when it had been uh, under Nintendo for so long. And I remember people having a, a very similar reaction, like, "Oh my gosh, like you know, th- this is a jumping ship thing. You know, what is this?" Um, but yeah, it definitely reminded me of that. Now, now speaking of Sony, um, you know, we're gonna fast forward to Sony's press conference, which was um, very interesting. What's funny is Sony's press conference. It was bizarro E3 because all Microsoft did was talk about the games and came out smelling somehow, and Sony talked more about TV and movies than they ever have before, and. They were the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, af- you know, after their press conference because they did what Biggie suggested and just threw in some bullet points. Apparently, that's all you have to do if you want to win a press conference. Um, just throw in some Biggie bullets, and and everything is going to be fine. Um, Mister Master Master Biggie Mister Master Biggie bullets. Um, 
Double M, double B, and then we're fine. Uh, so let's let's start, uh, Duncan. What what were your impressions on the Sony end? And let's kind of we'll skip Destiny because uh, that's cheating. Because obviously we love that. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean that Sony wins because we we saw Destiny because that's a you know multi platform anyway, and that's what we were there for. So let's say aside from Destiny, what'd you like about Sony's presentation? Uh, probably the open bar before it ever started. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, that but was good. <laughs> But the open far- bar and the ring of infinite food truck food, uh, uh, and food tr- and meeting a bunch of you know DBO bungee people was was pretty cool too. But um, but as for the actual conference, you know, obviously the the moment they said no DRM for the PlayStation Four, and the entire place just sort of erupted in cheers. That was that was really crazy. Um, Seem like you they're... continued to make the point after the fact that they, they weren't really saying that. They were saying no DRM on the console side, but they didn't yeah. say anything about what the what individual companies could do. Yeah, yeah. It's it, yeah. Afterwards, you know, thinking about it more, it, it sort of felt a little disingenuous on the part of Sony. Like, oh, we're not going to do it, but maybe the publishers will. That's not us. So it, it, it seemed to be a little closer to what the Xbox was doing anyway. Um, I think Sony bit, after after completely. after like the fourth thing they said, Sony probably could have said anything. They're like, no DRM, yeah, you can play used games, yeah, don't have to check it online, yeah, we're gonna kill all the kittens in the universe, yeah. I mean, PlayStation just, like, ma- PlayStation Plus allows you to play online multiplayer. Yeah, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> well, that surprisingly didn't get the booze I would have thought it would have gotten. Probably, yeah, that was people were so hyped at that point. Yeah, it was that was after, and it was like the last bullet point on this slide, and you know they they kind of moved over that pretty quickly before anybody realized what realized it was. They were what they were being <laughs> to, right? But but I did I did really like uh, the the Sony press conference of how they had uh, a lot of indie games and had the creators of those indie games like all up on stage at the same time, like playing their games. Uh, I thought that was that that was neat. Um, but I, I still think overall, like Xbox had, Xbox had some smaller games as well. Um, and just had more exclusives, more bigger games that I was interested in, but it was really cool seeing, you know, you know, all this talk about Sony supporting indie developers and Microsoft not doing a great job on it. So that was neat. Um, yeah. The uh, the screen was really cool as well. I mean, it kind of—I uh, know I've already talked about the the big rotunda screen at Activision's booth, but Sony's press conference, you know, was that times you know fifty. It was uh, it was a really cool theater experience, just having this giant wraparound screen uh, with all these these visuals on it. It was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, they did some cool stuff, and, and and they used them pretty interesting, like where they would have, uh, you know, the multi screens, and then multiple developers playing various games, and then they would kind of highlight them uh, up on the center screen, which is uh, which is cool. It it is just neat, um, you know, coming from the perspective of always having watched these things, you know, streaming live uh, from you know uh, internet or something like that, and and then like seeing it right in person, um, you get to kind of see the 
the the underbelly and the 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 wizard behind the curtain um which was very cool uh and and neither press conference was without its technical hurdles um we had uh, the the soundless presentations of Xbox um and uh, uh while Xbox announced that uh Twitch TV was built in Sony just had Twitch demos um <laughs> because uh multiple games and in, in, including actually Destiny uh had some hiccup issues uh, but uh, I think what was the what was the worst one, if I'm not mistaken, was the Assassin's Creed one. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Was pretty bad. I I I felt really bad for the the guy that was up there because you know it's like man that is not his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's you gotta you've got a face on fire when you're up there um, in front of all those people. Well, really gazillions of people. How he handled that. You know. How, oh, absolutely. Playing, even though the. You know, he didn't. He didn't like try to walk away. They didn't kill it. They just he played through yeah. it. Yeah, and and what was really bad about the Sony one was that those technical problems. Like I'm sure it was had something to do with you know the the um, the video stream or you know all this equipment hooked up and not the actual PlayStation itself. But the way it looked on screen, it looked like the PlayStation was having trouble running the game. Was was exactly was hiccuping. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, Xbox is the sound cut out, but everybody fair. goes, oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's just the sound. You know, they'll restart the video and maybe it'll work this time. There, was, there wasn't really any thought that, oh, well, maybe the PlayStation has is kind of buggy or had, you know, this, this game at least. Um, what, what was nice, but, though, was that at both conferences, the, the audience were, they were very patient and supportive. Like, they would cheer and... Oh, the best one was during the Microsoft press conference when the Crimson Dragon demo came on, and there was no sound. The audience just started act, you know, just started foley artisting. Uh, you know, it was like, yeah, it was. It was just sound effects, and uh, you know, it was just it was really really funny. Um, uh, all of these green people uh, doing sound effects all at one time was uh, was was pretty hilarious to watch. Um, now, after the conferences, uh, you know, the, the show actually started uh, the next day, <laughs> um, we'll save uh, Destiny for last. Uh, let's do real quick, um, and we kind of covered it just a little bit, but, uh, but anything else that you got to, like, have hands-on time with that you really enjoyed? I know I turned into, uh, you know, 13, 14-year-old kid again and was loving playing some Killer Instinct. Um, that was my big, oh, yes, thank you kind of moment uh, in, the, in, the Xbox, uh, in the Xbox press conference. Um, and so that was really cool to get, a, you know, get my hands on uh, Jago and Saber Wolf again, Saber Wolf again and, and definitely looking forward to seeing more of that. And also um, playing some Forza 5. Uh, was was really great. Not only just because the game is fantastic, but getting my hands on the X1 controller, um, having you know hel- holding the PS4 controller, I'm like, okay, this is finally almost as good as the 360 controller. Um, and then I, you know, I held the X1. And I'm like, oh, well, Microsoft said, oh, by the way, those goalposts have moved again. Um, it felt great. The, the triggers, the new, like individually responding triggers are fantastic. Um, uh, you know, playing Forza under braking, uh, just getting that emphasis in the feedback on the left trigger was just ridiculously great. Uh, and I can only imagine how it's going to be to play a shooter on there. Um, 
So it's going to be really, really cool. But uh, Biggie, let's start with you. What were some of the games that you really liked seeing like on the show floor or that you maybe got some, some hands-on time with? Anything stand out to you? Um, the only game I played was a PC port on PlayStation Blacklight, wasn't it? Yeah, which I didn't yeah. really like, but I, I just wanted to feel the controller, and I thought it felt a lot better than the older DualShocks. Um, we got to check out Titanfall on the last day. We got in line with an hour left, and we were the last ones to get in, so that was awesome. Um, I expected Deech to come around the corner and be like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you guys, we had a problem, and uh, we just can't, <laughs> let you, can't let you in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the funny thing is, even though... I were at E3. I had no idea what was announced um, and what was <laughs> so going true. on. So when I remember I getting back home, home and I was like, whew, back from E3. Can't wait to catch up on all the E3 exactly. coverage. So <laughs> it's been, it's really been the last couple of days where I've been able to look at everything that was announced and shown. Um, I think I'm not a huge Battlefield 3 fan, but what they showed of the multiplayer demo looks actually really incredible. Um, they, they had like this massive, I think it was Shanghai they were playing on and 64 players on consoles and they were going up skyscrapers and the other team was shooting at the support structures and that skyscraper collapsed and everyone had to jump off and parachute down. I mean, it it was just, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, Fantasia, which is a connect game, oddly enough, I think that looks kind of interesting. I have no idea what, what it is, but. You get to mix music, um, and that looks fun. Uh, but yeah, I still have some catching up to do. Killer Instinct looked cool. Yeah, I, it was that was awesome. A uh, lot of yes, a lot of some kind of odd games showing some neat promise. Oh, um, Contrast. It's an indie game, and it's coming out on 360, PS3, Xbox One, and PS4. And it's contrast. a platformer. And when you're in your physical state, you interact with the physical world. But when you turn into your shadow self... Oh, so sh- yeah, I saw the video for that. Yeah, you turn into your shadow self, then you can platform on the shadows of the world that are projected against the wall. I think that, oh, that's cool. that looks kind of interesting to me. Duncan, what about you? I really didn't play much myself. I mean, I, I got my hands on Forza 5. Uh, but that again, that was only to really get my hands on an Xbox One controller and feel the uh, sort of impulse triggers or what it, the rumble in the triggers. I was that was kind of neat. Um, and then uh, yeah, I played that Blacklight Retribution PS4 port uh, just to get my hands on the the PS4 controller. Um, and I I'd, I'd, I'd stood in that line because I figured, hey, Destiny's a first person shooter. This game's a first-person shooter. Maybe it's a good one to to get a feel for this controller. Um, that was a mistake because that game had some terrible frame rate issues and 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 wasn't wasn't the best way to test it out. But but yeah, the controller is nice. I've never been a fan of the PS3 controller, but uh, that one was that one was surprisingly comfortable to hold. I don't know how useful the touchpad is going to be. Uh, I think the the rumble triggers are a neater gimmick to have. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see developers do something neat with that. Uh, but yeah, other than the, like those those games and Spartan Assault, 
I got some thumbs on with, uh, which that game seems like it'll be really fun once it comes out on a platform I own that supports controllers. Because <laughs> um, the, the, the touch-based dual stick but not really dual stick controls were interesting and certainly worked better than I expected, but not quite as good as I would want to, to use for a, a game like that. Not not really precise enough. I had to readjust my thumbs quite a bit, um, but it was it was pretty fun. It was neat. Um, uh, this is mostly coming out of my frustration that I couldn't get the high score and win a Windows Phone or a Surface Pro by Microsoft. Um, by Microsoft. Yeah, by Microsoft. <laughs> by Microsoft. Um, but yeah, those those were really the only games I ever got my hands on. Uh, I did sit next to somebody playing Destiny and and had to resist grabbing the controller out of uh, <laughs> Danny Bola's hands. Uh, but, um, Thank yeah, you that, 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 yeah, 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 just goodwill. Let me just well, throw it well, out the window. <laughs> I was actually um, really impressed how, um, how uh, Spartan Assault, not Spartan Ops, I did it, uh, how Spartan Assault played uh, and and because I get that weird thumb drift as well, but it was really nothing. They came up with a pretty good solution for you know, kind of wherever you have your thumbs is is still doable. Um, so it was kind of a odd, you know, mashup of like Halo Wars and Space Marine Kill Team, uh, you know, kind of ro- uh, Robotron esque uh, controls. But yeah, they did a great job, and they certainly have some bugs to work out before launch. Um, but I mean, overall, I think. The, I think the concept is really solid, and I'm looking forward to playing a, to playing a Halo game on my on my Windows Phone, by Microsoft. You are the only one of us, unfortunately, that actually has a Windows Phone to play it on. <laughs> yeah, our, our friend Tashi has one now. Yes, so uh, yes, he won one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, playing so well, yeah. playing and yeah, then, playing playing that game. Other than hands-on time, I mean, we sat through the Assassin's Creed 4 booth demo, which was yes. uh, a, lot, a lot longer than what they showed on the, the Sony press conference. Thank you, Stone Chin, for and, uh, popping us in there. Yeah, and a lot, a lot smoother in some places, but not without its bugs. But the game looks kind of cool, you know, driving, driving your boat around. Yeah, I'm a big Assassin's Creed other boats. fan, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That was neat, and yeah, and Titanfall was was pretty awesome. And yeah, those other than Destiny, those were really the only things I saw at E3 uh, to any to any depth. I spent spent most of my time loitering around the Bungie booth or hanging around with uh, uh, the rest of the DBO away team, which really is the right way to do events like E3. You try and do Absolutely. everything, and <laughs> and you'll you'll do nothing. Well, you know, it's gotten to the point now where, uh, you know, in some ways, um, because of technology uh, and sporting events have become like this a lot, where the best seat in the house might just be in your house. Um, (laughs) And, you know, no fighting for bathrooms or anything like that or, or, you know, you know you have an internet connection at least. Um, But uh, but E3 and PAX, you, you know, I know I go. The, the games themselves are really a second fiddle to the, the people. 
Um, you know, that's where I get to see my, you know, most of my, my best friends, uh, you know, to me, um, and kind of the extended family that, that I get to, you know, that I spend time with online all throughout the rest of the year. That's, that's really where, uh, all of that cool stuff happens. And, you know, like Claude said, you know, it's, it's just a genuinely good time, um, getting ahead, getting to, to hang out with, with people. Um, Claude, anything, uh, you know, any other stuff in particular that you liked, uh, playing show floor? Well, I didn't actually, you know, I, I spent most of my time around the Destiny booth and a, and a bunch of time in the Spartan Assault booth. Uh, I I didn't do very well in Spartan Assault, um, which didn't bother me that much because I don't have a Windows phone and probably never will. Um, Nobody's perfect. But, you know, it, someday it'll come out on something I can play and, and, and then I'll have to work yeah, out. Yeah, it would surprise me greatly uh, <laughs> if uh if it did not come out for other stuff uh i don't i don't think they would ignore that that audience base but it makes perfect sense why they would release it first on the windows stuff absolutely and i understand that and i'm and you know that's fine um and and event so eventually i'll play it but no i really didn't spend um you know i watched i watched duncan play blacklight <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I watched a bunch of people play a bunch of things. Um, and I watched some videos, but I didn't actually get my hands on anything this time around except for Spartan Assault. So I, I this one was, was all about the people as somebody just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody smart. Somebody, um, somebody, somebody smart. It wasn't me. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, the, now the big subject at hand, and uh, you know, the real, the real reason we were there is uh, to find our destinies and other cliches. Um, so, Duncan, you've kind of been a, a super strong force in leading the way on, you know, destiny information and. Uh, Finding all sorts of crazy connections and, you know, from tidbits that Bungie has dropped. So what did it feel like, you know, especially from someone like yourself from your end, what did it feel like to really just see something tangible uh, with it? And, and you know, Biggie made a good point in one of the interviews that it left him with more questions than answers, but that was a good thing. So it's not like by any means we had everything solved. But what was it like to finally just see the world tangibly after us kind of pining after these little details and straws for so long? It was it was pretty awesome. It was it was finally need to get a feel for how close to uh, a game like Halo this this might end up, and and how different um, this this game they call Destiny will be. Uh, you know, seeing uh, aim down sights and sprint and and things like that and also just seeing how um the traveler powers you know the the magic space magic you know we you have to mention space magic just just seeing how that's integrated into the game uh whereas before really all we had to go on was this is a bungee shooter well now we're yeah. seeing you know this is what what form this bungee shooter is is going to take um it definitely seemed like you know this was this presentation was focusing on it's a shooter, um, and it's got these social aspects. But most of all, we want to show you that it's this this very pretty shooter. Um, 
so that it was nice nice seeing that and you know we did get a little bit of hint of story and a lot of characterization from the uh, the environment and the player models and the enemies and all of that uh, which was really promising it just, it seems like there is a lot to pull out of that demo um just looking at the giant colony ships uh in the distance and the the fallen carrier whatever that giant ship was oh, warping so awesome. in um the devil walker you know being uh from the house of devils you know we finally figured out that uh, the fallen have multiple factions that might not be cooperating with each other, and so we're going to get different flavors of of spider tanks. Uh, I thought that was that was a really interesting revelation uh, that that could add to the variety of enemies we see and add to uh, how um, how complicated the story could get. Uh, complicated in a good way, you know how how much variation instead of just one unified. Uh, bad guy like the Covenant. Um, well, eventually the Covenant wasn't unified, but but you know it's <laughs> it's interesting to see how how many pieces they're setting up uh, just in this this short demo and the hint that there's so much more. I think every every Bungie employee I talked to said, you know, if you like this, this is nothing. Uh, yeah. you know, this is just the tiniest slice of of this huge game. Um, talking to pete parsons when he said you know each destination is two-thirds of halo reach that's just insane it's um it was really neat it was really it was really good uh experience really good uh slice of the game to see and and yeah like like colin said in in that uh behind the scenes video you know it's it answered some questions but raised a whole lot more so it was pretty cool Claude, um, you being, uh, you know, kind of community godfather to to uh, Bungie franchises, um, this is, you know, this is kind of a new, almost like a new era for you, and you've seen the various communities kind of rise up and not fall, but but rise up and then find their time and move on, and you've seen it with with Myth and with Marathon and Pathways and uh, and Halo, of course, and it's a little a little different now with. Uh, with Halo kind of continuing concurrently, but what's it like from your perspective and your experiences to be now on this on the cusp of this new Bungie universe? Um, I mean, especially with the different, you know, when Halo came out, it was a very different landscape uh, technologically with with the consoles and the you know the way that gaming infrastructure was set up. Uh, and I know that you've specifically mentioned on multiple occasions the integration, the social integration, and still wondering how that's going to work. Uh, and that plays a lot into community, and that's what we do. Um, so what are your thoughts on Destiny just in general, but also from the perspective of somebody who's been so heavily involved with community over the past 700 years? <laughs> 700, wow. That was really nice to you till then. <laughs> I know. I that's it's it's a really it's a it's a it's an interesting question because it's sort of the first time i think since marathon that i've i've felt like i didn't have a handle on what the game was at this stage in its development i you know i've i've been 
behind the scenes is the wrong word. I, I, I've talked to Bungie people to the point where I sort of, I, I got the games before they were out. I, I, not, I mean, not played them, but I got in the sense that I understood them. them. Yeah. Um, and I'm not there with Destiny. I, they, they are being extremely um, careful with what they say. And I think that they're doing that because they have a very specific way they want to introduce information to the general public. And I'm, you know, as much of the general public as anybody else. Um, and, and so I do have questions. I, I never, I never for a minute doubted that, that they were going to make a great shooter. Um, they've been good at that for 20 years and I can't see any good reason why they would, you know, start to go bad now. Um, but what excites me about destiny is this whole concept of, you know, this, this social aspect, this, we're going to make you play with your friends whether you want to or not. <laughs> um, and and they they all talk about it that way, and, and yet we haven't seen any of that yet. And so I'm really, really intrigued. I'm not worried because, you know, the people who are saying it are people who have backed up their words with actions for 20 years. But But I am definitely seriously intrigued. <laughs> And and looking forward to the next to the next um, the next reveal, I think. But you know, this reveal by itself was was still pretty impressive. I, I the lighting engine was incredible. I was I was just floored by how good it was in 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 outside and inside. And you know, I mean, they they certainly focused on the bits that were that they they were most proud of. Um, the jaw droppers, yeah. Yeah, but but it, it was. Um, I think across the board they've they've done a de- a great job of um, of sort of pulling together a huge environment that looks to be fully explorable and is gorgeous, you know, and 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 highly detailed. Uh, one of the one of the walkthroughs that we were privy to, um, Eric pointed out specifically, you know, uh, the tessellation on the rocks and how every blade of grass is actually a, an object and, and, and how the fallen nest was full of these rich fabrics. And, and so there's just an enormous amount of detail. And yet the gameplay is not in any way hindered by sort yeah. of the display for that. And, and to me, that's a really impressive feat. And and they and they told us, I don't know how many hundreds of times we're still in pre-alpha. Like they, that was a big thing they wanted to make sure we understood. So you know, if they're if they're doing this well in pre-alpha, I, uh, it's going to be amazing when it's finished. But it's but it's the social aspect that I'm really interested in, and I, and I'm starting to get a little bit of a handle on how they envision that going, but really not, you know. I, I'm I'm just as confused as the rest of us, as the rest of you, as everybody. <laughs> um, Biggie, from the perspective of somebody who lives near LA, it's the only <laughs> thing I could think of. Uh, no, <laughs> wow. thrown in the towel. Um, the, the perspective of somebody who is better looking than all of us, uh, and uh, the, what what did you think of Destiny? <laughs> 
Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> he was. Wait, which part? <laughs> I'm talking to Jeff. Oh. <laughs> oh. Lord. Put the ego away. Look at my ego. Um, I've been following uh, Joseph's, uh, Joe Staten, what he's been saying for quite a while now. He's had some tidbits about player authorship and um, the story that I experience with my friends is always going to be more powerful than the story that Bungie can create or that any anyone can create, really. So that's what I wanted to see at E3. Unfortunately, I didn't. But I saw a lot of other things that really impressed me. Um, and so I excused them for that. And they still have plenty of time to explain all that. Um, and I, that, I guess that player authorship is the social aspect that Claude was talking about. Um, but in terms of like technology, just the step up from their last game in terms of scale, the audio, um, the detail, it's, I mean, it blew me away just how far away you can see like those mountains out there. Those mountains are real. It's not just a painting. Um, and they're not low resolution. I mean, obviously they're not the same resolution as the rocks you're standing on, but everything, everything has this quality to it that I, that is just incredible. Um, what the things that stood out to me the most were actually not so much the gameplay because it, it's a, it looks like a solid shooter. And I know Bungie, as Claude said, can do shooters. It was all the, the information surrounding the game, all the hints at things that really intrigued me, um, that, that were raising more questions. Like when we were watching the rotunda, uh, showing Claude pointed out that the agents had discovered all the planets except for, uh, was it the moon? They had Mars. 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 And, uh, I, I immediately went to bungee guy and I asked him, what is that? And they just smiled at me. And (laughs) so having, asking those sorts of questions and they're obviously planting them there because they want you to start thinking about that and then not getting the answer because they like toying with you. That that was pretty much the highlight of the show. I had I had a lot of questions like that um, in terms of what does this mean? What is that? What is this? Um, what's this symbol? And I think, I think maybe Claude said, knowing smiles is what we got most <laughs> of the time. But yeah, the shooter aspect of it looks great. Um, I'd like to point out the animations, actually. Uh, there's a small scene where you get to see the cabal in one of the trailers and the way they move around just the weight of them um i that it, they look like characters in is the that is that they, where they run and like slam the shield into the desert yeah and, oh yeah I, I, I totally in love with that yeah that form as well they feel like they're in that environment they feel like real tangible yeah. characters. the sand is moving beneath them the wind you know wind is whipping around them I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, just the the presentation of the game and how immersive it is, even though I wasn't playing it, and how believable everything was, that was the highlight to me. I, It's really rare that a game... Actually, I don't think a game has ever done that, 
where I'm not playing it and I can get immersed and I find the world believable. So that's my takeaway really. Yeah, I definitely echo those and and that uh, I might echo that maybe the most. Um that's what that's what you know really got me about Bungie games period. Um and it's it's kind of the standard I hold a lot of other games up too as well. And some games do it pretty well. Um you know the Mass Effect series uh, did did a great job, I think, with that. With really having this, you really felt like you were in the world. Everywhere you looked had the had kind of like this common universe stamp to it, like it was all cut from the same cloth. Um, and you know, Halo has that, um, and and Destiny definitely has that. And I think that. Uh, you know, combining that with what they have told us about, man, if you guys like this, you know, like Duncan, like you said, they mentioned, if you guys like this, this is nothing. I mean, this is, you are seeing a sliver of, you know, uh, just this huge, vast universe that they're already planning out. Uh, I think, Claude, you mentioned it a second ago, like, um, their plans for Halo, it's incredibly impressive where Halo ended up, even just at the end of Bungie's run uh, with it. It's incredibly impressive where it ended up and, and, you know, and now where it is today with those, with those original seeds that were planted by Bungie. But they didn't, they didn't necessarily mean for that to happen at first. And so with this, if, they're, if they have a, a, a plan that goes out seven, eight, nine, ten years or maybe beyond, what – you know what seeds are they sowing that they're not even planning on us finding for another six seven years um yeah and and they and they'll do it too they you know they they aren't afraid to leave something for us for that long um and it's something that I've always appreciated Bungie, is that the 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 joy of the few um is very important to them uh and and they've kind of reveled in when when a when a small subset of fans really get enthused about a certain element of something that it, that they create and they've done that with you know they did that with Halo they did it with Marathon they did it with Myth, you know and I expect nothing less in fact I expect even more because that they have the tools available to them now to really take advantage of that so just seeing everything, the new ships, you know, and I'm, and I'm, as I'm watching and I'm like, what is that called? Oh, what is this ship? What is this? Are there more like this? Is there, you know, what kind of class of this, you know, oh, if we're seeing the fallen, well, how do the other enemies react when you're, when you're engaging them and what do, how do they interact with each other? Um, and, and what is the overarching story? These named enemies, how does the narrative weave throughout? There are so many questions and, and, uh, you know when they one of the demos that that we were in one of, i think the 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 more private one that we were in before all the press kind of got started um when he just turned around at the beginning of the demo instead of running forward he just turned around and looked at the the world sprawled out and you see the real time reflections on the water you see the you know he's like oh, i could just jump down there if i want or run over to those mountains or that's you know it's all playable area and it's just like oh, i want to go over there um and somebody somebody linked on our forums that one of their favorite quotes uh, um came from some somebody saying that they just want you to be able to be playing destiny 
wearing some awesome clothes or armor, chilling out on top of a tank in the middle of nowhere, relaxing, you know, and, and still feel like you're having an awesome time at the game. And I think that's great. Um, I think it's really going to lend itself uh, well to this big, huge connected world with a lot of players. Um, you're going to have to find new ways to let people enjoy themselves. It can't just be a satisfactory end game of combat success. It's got to be that emotional tie-in and the community tie-in as well. Um, so uh, with that, um, you know, that – that community tie-in and, and the technology that's behind Destiny um, is is interesting because you know the tools that they're building uh, and you know we saw this in some of the GDC talks where they were talking about being able to get through the iterative process to get from concept art to an actual playable level in record time and talking about how they can really enrich this the, these worlds with with new content uh, now part of the Part of what goes along with that is being connected, um, and Destiny is a connected experience. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. There really is no offline mode for Destiny. Um, it is a it is an online title, um, and it's funny. A lot of people, you know, really regardless of their their platform preference, uh, were really really interested in Destiny, and. If you're interested in Destiny, then you're obviously totally okay with the being connected online. Um, and we've seen a lot of hubbub about that lately. Uh, we see the the Xbox 180, um, uh, and and it's it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting thing to see now the reaction now that the Microsoft has kind of made an about face on their policies. Um, who would like to jump in? And talk about that. And first of all, talk about what we knew and what we thought it was and now what it is now and whether or not you're, you think that that's going to – you know, how do, how do you think that's going to affect games, whether it be specifically Destiny or, uh, or other games? Well, uh, well before, it, you know, Microsoft seemed very uh, intent on doing away with, with the, uh, the distinction between a disc-based game and a download game. Um, or digitally delivered game, you know, the disc was was going to turn into just a different type of bandwidth, you know, a different means of getting the the ones and zeros onto your hard drive, and then once they're there, it's no different than you know a digital download. Um, and of course, that that was going to allow people to uh, download their game on any console um, that you sign into. And allow you they they had this they hinted at this family share program you know with with ten family members, and they said you know it's uh, I remember some executive you know joking that he'd already seen the threads on NeoGaf about hey who wants to be in my quote unquote family and you know that and that that was fine and that there was going to be some sort of sharing thing. Of course, lately you know there are rumors bouncing around that that sharing wasn't. A full sharing of the game. It was just more of a demo period, you know, like an hour long uh, with the game before it, it makes you pay. So that sort of uh, reduces the uh, appeal of that in retrospect. But but now they're um, the big hubbub was over. Why am I explaining this? Everybody probably knows this. <laughs> over the t- the t- once every twenty four hour check, 
and they've they've backpedaled on that to say um, no, it's going to function exactly like the 360 disc-based games will always work offline. And they've also said that digitally downloaded games will work offline. Uh, I was sort of surprised that they didn't try to hold on to um, at least part of their original strategy um, uh, and, and let the disc-based games act like you know the, the old generation and but turn the digital downloads into this completely new thing. But it's, uh, it's, it's interesting times. It, it definitely evens up the console wars a little bit compared to last week. Because um, it, seemed la- it seemed like last week Sony had, had walked away with E3. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's true. I, I think it definitely felt like, like Sony won... The, the conference wars. I'm not sure about the console wars, but certainly the conference wars. Um, uh-huh. But that you know that their their re- Microsoft's retraction even things up, and and I'm not sure that it's a good thing. So I was I was unhappy with um, with the Microsoft choices because I felt like they were sort of anti-consumer. They didn't really affect me personally, but I didn't like the idea that they were, you know, that that I I was never going to sell a game. I was never going to buy a used game, but the idea that somebody else could sell a, a used game and then it was it was never sellable again, that 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 sort of bugged me. Um so they fixed that, but but in the process they took away sort of the forward thinking parts of of the Xbox One and you know maybe they were ahead of their time when they introduced it and maybe if they had been sort of um less incompetent at at the presentation that that the public might have accepted what they were offering in a in a way that wasn't quite so negative um <laughs> and you know 5 years from now maybe we will accept it all um I guess I'm 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 a little sad that that we had to lose the the whole concept of of digital sharing of of you know I can play anywhere that kind of thing, um, but again that doesn't really affect me since I don't go to other people's <laughs> houses and and play my game so it's not so for me personally neither one makes a huge difference um, it's it's just a it's a conceptual thing and it's a I wasn't happy before and I'm I'm I guess I'm happier now but not but not thrilled. I guess I I'm I'm happier in the in the sense that it's I think that they've um they've acquiesced and and said that the consumer is more important. Um and I'm sad that that they've had to sort of step back on their vision for where gaming is going in the next X years. I actually that I actually is exactly uh, I don't even have to talk now. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm well, sure you, Colin, I'm what sure, do you I'm think? I'm sure you would have wish, wish you would have realized that you could have just said something like that earlier and get me to shut up. Uh, but yeah, that, that that last bit that you said summed up my feelings on it. Is uh, is I I'm happy that they decided. Hey, you know what? The customer, if this is what you say you're wanting, you know, we're going to get now the Xbox One that we deserve. Basically, um, yeah, is is. You know, we said no, no. This it must be this way. And like, okay, uh, you know, because 
but it's but I'm sad that you know that they aren't able to follow through with what I uh, I assume would have been a good plan. I don't think that Microsoft has gotten to where they are, not just as a company, but also as a console maker. Uh, because they have a bunch of idiots working for them, you know, especially not in the not in the engineering and the development of the Xbox platform. No, so I, I I I think it's sad that they weren't able to kind of follow through with that plan. But who knows? Uh, the gen- the fickle general public just might not have let them survive that kind of decision making yet. You know, like you said, it may just be an ahead of its time type thing. Uh, and yeah. I would rather it go this way than be like a you know the Dreamcast and. And die off. So. Yeah, that's the thing for for me. Really, the the online checks uh, really wouldn't affect me that much because I have a stable internet connection, and I hardly ever take my Xbox anywhere. Um, the used game stuff wouldn't affect me. I I buy all my games new. Uh, I don't buy used games, and I don't trade my games in. I I tend to hold on to them. Um, so the biggest impact that their DRM policy was going to have on me was driving my friends away from the Xbox. It was, it was yeah. going to negatively affect the <laughs> population. Like if, if all of my friends buy PlayStations now and I'm the only sucker left with an Xbox, well, that, that does affect me. Um, uh, but so it's, it's nice. I mean, you know, I also had the, the ideological um, difficulty with what they were doing but on in a practical sense you know it it wasn't directly affecting me but that indirect effect uh, was pretty big so i'm i'm happy that they reversed that so that you know people i know are more open to getting an xbox cuz cuz frankly i absolutely love the connect and now that's that's the console for me um being able to yell at my tv when i'm watching netflix for for this long <laughs> has best. Yeah, it's indoctrinated me to where I yell at my TV when I'm watching uh, cable or when I'm watching a DVD. So uh, I want I wanted to actually listen now. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie, have any thoughts? Oh I mean, boy, about anything? <laughs> Better get comfortable, guys. Um, I don't think anything they did was forward thinking. Steam has been doing an exceptional job of stopping used games. And having you not being able to trade games for the past couple of years. Um, and I feel like that's what Microsoft was trying to do. Um, Steam, you don't have a 24-hour check. You license your hardware. Um, you People are talking about like the family sharing plan going away. There was actually an article that came out today with a... With a I don't know if it's the guy actually is an Xbox One developer, but he was in his statement about how sad he was that they changed their policy. He mentioned that the family sharing plan was actually, here's a 60-minute demo, but we'll save your game progress. Now go buy it. And essentially Xbox has that now with arcade games. Like yeah, you download an arcade game, you get to whatever time allotment you have and it says we've saved your progress you would you would have earned these achievements by now um purchase it now and you get all that stuff so if that's true then actually i'm kind of upset that that was never brought to light and and adds to my point that this stuff should have been talked about um at e3 or at their first reveal event um 
But instead of telling consumers what to do with disc-based content, because you can take your CDs, you can take your movies anywhere you want. Um, there's no restrictions on that. If you're going to restrict, um, there has to be incentive for, for, for people to want to, you know, go digital. And Microsoft never talked about this, but a lot of people were saying, maybe they're going to have digital games. They're going to price them lower and say like, if you buy this digital and it's locked and it's locked to your account, we'll give it to you for, you know, $15 off of retail. And that was never mentioned. So I, I, I can't trust them on that either because they do digital right now with the 360 and it's $60. And that's, I think that's more to appease the retail partners though, because they're trying to fight the retail partners as well by having all these DRM things. So they have, you know, pick a side. I don't understand. Well, but certain retail partners, because, and I'm thinking retail partners, the the, the big, you know, the the WalMarts, the Targets. They all do uh, used games because they're not. As well. Yeah, but they're not taking in used games. They they're do not sell. Best Buy, Walmart, you, they have trade-in programs. <sighs> yeah, but that's. I feel like that is, you know, GameStop. I think is the one where you really get the 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 big chunk of their inventory, the big chunk of their you know their sales are maybe pre-owned, um, but like a Walmart or a Target, I th- I still feel like even a Best Buy, I still feel are going to be, you know, they're the ones that are selling it new, and they're the ones that are going to be most undercut by oh you can buy it retail at sixty, but you can buy it digitally at fifty or fifty five. Well, um, that's. That's where Microsoft wanted to go there. They wanted everything to be – they're going digital. Everything's going digital Yeah. eventually. So I think by saying like your content becomes this digital key that's locked to you, today is not going to work. You know, give it five – give it a couple of years. Um, but my – I think my main point is or my main point was that instead of telling consumers like what to do with their physical – disc or lock telling them to check in every 24 hours to make sure that you know the content they've got on the consoles the right stuff um they should find ways to make people want to get into that stuff like steam i mean I, i keep using steam as an example that's a great platform where most pc gamers get their games from steam it's locked to your account you can't trade it um the money goes straight to the publishers. Eventually, Microsoft's going to have to, someone's going to have to say to retailers that it's not working. And I don't think the way to do it is to tell consumers to deal with these policies. I mean, that's how I feel. Well, you're wrong. Uh, and right. so that concludes our show. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I I actually, I, I don't disagree. And I think you raise a lot of, a, a lot of really good points. Um, I I don't know. It's there are definitely aspects of all of it that really could be. You know, some of it is a numbers interpretation. Some of it also, to be quite honest, is is one of these promises of a better future. Um, you know, will would would had they continued on that path, would that have you know? 
one-to-one translated into within a year we're going to start seeing cheaper digital games and giant Steam-type sales on stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, I think if maybe that was that was guaranteed to be true, maybe that would be different. But, you know, there's not a precedent for that, uh, at least on the console side, and there's no guarantee that we were going to see that. And I, um, I, and I do think that you, that your examples of steam being kind of a hallmark of digital distribution is is spot on uh but let's also remember that steam didn't start out exactly as it is now and it has been honed and uh and and adjusted um and not, and a lot of people didn't think that steam was a good idea when it started either so um it's it's definitely you know as more things come to light if the family sharing plan was really just a demo type thing then that removes one of the things that I would have thought was coolest about it. So that certainly puts me more back, in, you know, in the camp where okay, well, I'm I'm glad maybe they're they're going this way. But I'd like I think maybe it was Duncan who said that he's. I mean, I'm sad to see some of these things go away, like having the console kind of be this connected experience. I mean. If you think about it, the games are connected anyway. Titanfall, you have to be online. Destiny, you have to be online. So the games are really mandating that the future is always online. Um, I think that Microsoft can still have these same policies, but they don't have to shove it down your throat. They can yeah. say, like, if you, the- if you buy digital, you have the family sharing plan. You have this one-time trade with someone. You get all these kind of perks and benefits you know, at the expense of being able to sell it and trade it. And I think they can. They should still offer that. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm a little confused as to why they scrapped all of that. Why it has I, to be an all or nothing? Yeah. I. Th- I think that's that's mostly a, a messaging thing, a, a PR thing, for now. Like they're they're switching everything to enable offline play and act like the 360 now, just so that there's no reason for people to point and say well oh well in this instance you're still shutting people out every 24 hours mm-hmm. um but that they, they have been very adamant about saying you know this can change again in the future i mean they said that you know at the very start when they first announced that <laughs> boy they, they weren't jo- they weren't joking <laughs> yeah yeah they and and i think they've they've proven that you know they're willing to to do a 180 and and, and change their policy so I could see this being like they just want to make sure there's absolutely no possible negative – any more <laughs> negative job. press coming out of this now. Um, no no, no perceived downside. And then maybe a year or, or years down the road, they'll be able to, to say, okay, well, now digital downloads, you know, you can't play offline, but you do get these benefits. And, okay. and people will – already have consoles and there won't be as as large of an uproar uh especially if they they keep disc-based games working offline um i i imagine the difficulty in in switching that halfway through the life of a console is is much greater um you know it's can they really say okay starting now if you buy a disc-based game you won't be able to play it offline that's that's a little too confusing do you guys do you guys think that they announced this quick enough to um get out of the hole that had started to be dug uh with pre-order sales i'd just like to point out one thing though um people are going to find out 
sooner than later that you have to be online. Like again, Destiny and Titanfall, oh, yeah. you have to be online. Yeah, and that's and that's They're and that's find platform regardless. Way. And I think oh, yeah. it's better they find out in that way, like saying, "Here's a game I want to play, and I have to always be online." It makes sense for them to do it. No one has a problem with uh, that with WoW. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> well, saying it's once like you start people having with the 24 hour check, people were like, "Well, how am I going to be able to do a LAN party?" Yeah, <laughs> and my question was, "What game are you going to have a LAN party for?" Because it looks like most of these new ones aren't going to support that at all. You know, yeah. it's going to, even if it's got some sort of multiplayer component, they're going to try and tie it into the cloud somehow. Cloud yeah. How, how, how are those StarCraft II LAN parties coming? I've done my <laughs> share of LAN parties, and I can't remember the last one where we didn't spend at least some of every 24 hour period online as a group. So, you know, it's yeah. not really not that big a deal. I, and I and I totally understand. You know, if power goes out for two weeks, the idea that you, you know, you're stuck in a in a house phone. and you can't get out, and the only thing you've got is your console, and yet that's bricked. That's a bad thing. I I get that. But for for the well, vast if power goes out, time, you're in, you're well, probably going to have trouble playing. So I have a generator. <laughs> so my my internet could be out, but oh, okay. but yeah, house yeah. is powered, and I'm stuck, and I can't. I you know, there's four feet of snow on the ground, so I can't walk out the door. What can I do? I can play my video games. Nope, I can't because my my console's bricked. That would be well, annoying. For, and I, fortunately, there's there's a, there's a system for you. It's the Xbox 360. <laughs> Thanks, it's Don. Called Appreciate the Nintendo that. 3DS. I That's think right. I think they could have kept all of their policies and just said disc-based games are disc-based games. They don't I, turn I, into. I cannot all. understand why that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. That. Uh, it's been a nightmare for them. So, so where does everybody stand sort of now? Because I know last week a lot of people were really eyeing the the PlayStation Four. I don't it's know. Unchanged. It's unchanged with me. <laughs> You're gonna get both, no matter <laughs> I'm what. I'm gonna get both. I'm gonna get both, no matter what. But I, but Oof. but my focus is on the the three the, the three sixty the one eighty. Uh, um, <laughs> my you know my focus is on the Xbox. Xbox That's still where. My loyalty is a is a bad way to put it. More of like that's where all of my friends are. Uh, that's where the games that I want to play are. Um, no, that makes so, sense. It's like if someone has a, all Apple products, they're going to buy an iPhone because it works in that ecosystem. Yeah, and and, and uh, so I mean, I am keeping an eye out for if there is a, you know, I'm screwed if they do like a Destiny themed console what i'm hoping is that they do a <laughs> destiny themed ps4 because ps you know playstation really really wants to do that um you know and i would imagine if they're going to do one and not the other it would probably be a playstation um just because of the the way that everything is going um because i'm gonna have to have it and that's gonna be a problem uh so maybe i'll just get you know an xbox i'll get a 180 and i'll get a uh, you know, a Destiny PS4, and then I'll just get a Halo 5 or whatever it is, uh, 180 when that comes out. We'll see. But um, yeah, it doesn't change that much for me. But but I'm hoping that it does sway some people back over towards Xbox because, you know, I want friends to play with. Neither console is out for another four months at least. And, and just the idea that, you know, I, I understand that the Internet is up in arms and has has decided for sure, but you know they'll decide for sure something else tomorrow. So, I, 
until until the end of October, when you know we're a few weeks away, uh, I think sort of saying one or the other is dead is silly. I think that they they certainly Microsoft put themselves back in the game by by listening to fans and and doing what people were complaining about. Um, for me personally, it doesn't none of it matters. I'm not going to buy one until well, basically until Destiny comes out. <laughs> We do have a long way. Yeah. We do have a long way to go until launch. And I sort of feel I have the hope that it's only going to get better for for gamers as this console war continues to heat up. I mean, is Sony going to talk about competition breeding? Is Sony going to fire fire back at Microsoft and say, "Okay, well, now the PlayStation 4 also makes cupcakes. Yeah, it comes with this benefit. (laughs) The cotton candy machine add on is free. Um, <laughs> uh, Damn, but I, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, for me, for me personally, I'll I'll probably get one at launch. And I'm, you know, I said before, I I love the connect. I don't mind the extra, you know, hundred dollars uh, for yeah, the connect. I, I I think the the extra cost is so is such a. Um, well, you this sounds like now, super but elitist, but I'm like, how long do you own your console? Like yeah. that extra hundred bucks over the life of the console, and yes, I know you pay for it up front, but but you know, over the life of the console is really not. Yeah, that but you know what? Bad. You're the guy who just said I'm going to buy oh, both yeah, like of them at launch, consoles. and then when they come out with custom Destiny ones, I'm going to buy both of those <laughs> too. So, yeah, but yeah. I, I think you should only talk when whatever you say supports my theories, and <laughs> not when yeah, they go against them. Already hopeless. <laughs> Look at, I don't know. For for me, it's in you know the the connect. I like the connect, so that sort of makes the extra hundred dollars negligible. So then yeah. it comes down to okay, the PlayStation Four has slightly has better hardware. But I think the Xbox has better exclusives, at least coming in the, the near term, you know, Titanfall. And I Titanfall still just like the better. infrastructure Halo, of Xbox Live eventually. better than PSN. Yeah, that's true. You know, one of the one of the I spoke to some developer somewhere. I, I'm betting it's a bungee guy, but I can't remember now who said, I can't believe Microsoft didn't push the Connect 2 on this because it is Crazy so much game. better than the Kinect. Oh, it was it was Luke with Bungie. Oh, yeah, you're Luke Timmons. Luke, Luke, Luke Timmons. Yeah. And and you know, so I I just set up a Connect for the first time, you know, I don't know, 3 weeks ago so my son could play Dance Dance Central 3. Um I don't want to yell at son quote fingers, quotey fingers. Okay. Quoting fingers. I, I don't. I don't have an interest in yelling at my television. I haven't seen Just a lot us. of um, uh, of features that that I need personally. But you know, I read about the incredible things people do with the Connect, and and the new one that's coming out is much better. So by the time I get around to buying an Xbox One, if I get around to buying an Xbox One, I'm guessing there'll be you know things that make me want that that connect and i won't be annoyed that it's always on and i can't put a a, a hood over its head or whatever um I, yeah i think i think an important thing for me on the connect and i i enjoy my uh connect and i've had it for a couple years now um uh, and i think one of the things that i really like uh in regards to the new one is you have a guaranteed install base so developers 
don't have to look at it as a gimmicky type thing because they can take it's not seen as much of a risk you know with the 360 it's a bigger risk to spend a lot of time developing for something that maybe only a small subset of your users have uh whereas well, when it if first you know came that out, there's you had one put, with you had like that Star Wars game there was nothing worth yeah. having a connect for this. Yeah, I mean now if you you know if you have an X1, they know that you have to have a connect hooked up to it. So, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more a lot more features in it that that cater to the core audience. Uh, you know, I I mean I I use the connect playing Mass Effect 3. I would be washing dishes in the other room on a particularly long dialogue sequence and I would just be yelling the you know this the the dialogue options and having a conversation with the game. Uh, you know, there's, 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 you know, I loved playing Halo Anniversary and, and saying, you know, analyze and scan. Um, I also loved yelling lightning bolt when someone else was playing, uh, and having them throw a thunder grenade. But, uh, but yeah, so, so I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be cool. We're going to see a lot, a lot of changes just because, just because everybody has one and, I think that's that's a good thing for developers to bank on when they're when they're using it. Uh, anybody else have any anything they wanted to add uh, regarding the <laughs> big shocker that we spent so long on uh, the the Xbox policies? Uh, uh, that's a big deal. What? I, I know Colin yeah. can Colin will talk, can talk about this about the wanting to see Microsoft support indie games more. Um, um, I mean that's the only. Obviously, the $100 price difference is a big deal to a lot of people, excluding Jeff. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually don't think the indie thing is a big deal to a lot of people. I think that's mostly hardcore people that even care about that. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see Microsoft. There, You know you have these kind of stories of independent developers having a hard time, um, like Jonathan Blow has been very outspoken about how much he didn't like the process of dealing of publishing on uh arcade or indie um i'd i'd like to see microsoft adopt a self-publishing system and uh yeah i mean just all the stories of people indie developers saying like sony's been coming to coming to us and asking us what we need obviously Sony's not in a position where they can make demands. They need to win people back over after last generation. But yeah, that's a big selling point for me. Even if I don't end up playing PlayStation 4 as much as an Xbox, if I do get both, which I'm now I'm pretty sure I will, maybe not at launch, but I still want to get a PlayStation 4 just to support that business model. And I think I think Microsoft should, you know, they should do the same. Well, and I think I think that's an important thing. Too. I mean, the reason why I have a PS3 is to support developers that make games I want to play. For example, I am a huge fan of the Uncharted series, and I can't get that on Xbox, so I got a PlayStation. Uh, you know, and it was less about 
you know, just having to have the PlayStation, then I wanted to make sure that I was not missing out on the experiences that, that people were crafting. Uh, and, you know, that'll be why I get a PS4 as well. I'll, I'll want the Uncharted's and the Gran Turismo's and, uh, you know, and the stuff that is going to be specifically for that platform, just like I won't not get Xbox because I, because I'm not going to not play the next Halo or not play the next Forza so, uh, because that's why I game is to play the games that I want, you know, and, and I, and so I, that's to me, it's like, that's where your, you know, if your heart lies with those games, that's absolutely what you should, you know, what you should do. That's the good thing about this generation is that since both systems are the same architecture, mm-hmm. um, you're literally buying a PlayStation for Naughty Dog and you're literally buying an Xbox for 343. Yeah. Almost every other game is going to be the same on both. And that was not true of last generation. So yeah. you really can't go wrong with, with whatever you buy. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, guys, uh, just, you know, round the table real quick. Uh, just final thoughts on the week that was uh, at E3. Uh, I know personally I just I, I really enjoyed getting to spend time with you guys specifically and, and Biggie actually specifically because I've, I've spent time with both, uh, with both Duncan and, and Claude, whether they liked it or not, um, <laughs> beforehand. Um, but, uh, but it was really awesome to, to kind of get to know Biggie more, more in person. Uh, he'd also drove us around a lot, which was super cool of him. Uh, but, but really, yeah, just, On just the right being there the with road. the being there with the people was the big thing with me. It was wonderful to see um, people like, you know, people at 343, Jessica and David and Bonnie and Frank and, and Che and, you know, and, and everybody at Bungie cannot thank them enough for, you know, just the incredible grace and hospitality uh, that they showed us as, as community members and, and I guess liaisons in a way. Um, and, and ambassadors for what they're doing, evangelists maybe, um, and really thank them. Everybody at Bungie was super, like almost honored to have us there was the impression that we got. And I can't thank them enough for, for that experience. Uh, just on a basic level, when they greeted you, you know, they're like, oh, thank you guys so much for being here and thank you for what you do. It's like, screw that, thank you guys. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's, that was a really, really cool. Claude, uh, week that was. That was about it. He's got to wake up. Hold on. You covered it. That's, I'm good. Good. So that's good. Well, so Claude has said everything I needed to say in one section of the show, and I said everything Claude needed to say in the other section. Uh, Somewhere Hedge is making a Photoshop. Oh, my God. Everything the light touches. Uh, Duncan. Uh, it was last week was a blast. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was neat uh, hanging out with a bungee crew, but also hanging out with um, some of the other DBO members and other people from the bungee community that we we ran into and got to got to hang out with. Uh, it, that got me really excited for PAX um, when I know we'll, we're just going to see gobs of people we know. Lars Cup uh, 2013. Yeah, <laughs> really. More Lars really? this time. <laughs> uh, but See if we E3, get Lars from Bungie in there, <laughs> E3 was cool. It made me sort of rethink my uh, my annual convention strategy. I might have to drop PAX East and try and and replace that with E3, um, which isn't exactly one to one, but uh, uh, it's uh, it was pretty neat. 
Biggie. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, what kind of pizza? The, the oh, wait, no. Electronics Entertainment Expo, as you may know. EQ. A yearly <laughs> trip. <laughs> right. Um, no, I mean, obviously we went there for the games, but spent most of the time social, socializing with either other community members, Bungie, 343. And every event I go to, that's my takeaway. That's the biggest takeaway for me is hanging out with all the people that have similar interests as me and uh, that I don't get to see, you know, year round. Um, I'd also like to point out that we covered one game and it was the most (laughs) exhausting experience (laughs) I've had in a while. Um, Yes. So I'd like to applaud all those people that are working there, um, showing off the game, and then all the journalists that have to cover the entire event because, geez, <laughs> that's insane. But yeah, they have they have secret internet connections somewhere that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he there's is. definitely some of that going on. Because you know, I spent all three days trying to cover one game, and I, I still feel like, oh man, I, I wish I could have done this too and that, but. Man, <laughs> well, and we're still we're still catching up with stuff that we did do. Yeah, I mean, it just yeah, it it is that's, that's a great way to put it, Biggie. It just uh, applauding both sides of that, the both the journalists and uh, as well as the people who are doing the same presentation seven thousand times. Uh, I mean, it's that's uh, I I and, get a taste of that. Getting- of it that i mean that's amazing no absolutely i mean i and, and i i understand that you know my my day job is a lot of that where you know i have to do something for you know maybe 500 different times over you know the course of something and the thing is you always have to be on because you have done it 500 times but the people you're doing it for have seen it once you know it's the first time that they're seeing it and man that was never truer than than the way that they were just on it for for you know day after day after day of the conference i don't um, so i don't know definitely. how many times i don't know how many times josh hamrick had to say space magic <laughs> but every time i saw him say it it was the greatest thing yeah <laughs> he meant it every time yeah. <laughs> i don't want guys i'm complaining though because it was yeah. worth it and it was fun but it 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 was kind of eye-opening oh, yeah <laughs> eye-opening to say the least um well, guys, that is going to wrap us up. Um, went a little longer than we probably uh, would have anticipated, but hey, that's what season premieres do. So thank you guys so much for joining us for um, the real episode one <laughs> of, yeah, of uh, Starside Lounge. Um, for NCSU Duncan, Claude Herrera, and Mr. Master Biggie, I am Grim Brother One. Catch us on destiny.bungie.org and Facebook and the tweeters uh, and all over social media. By the time episode two comes back, uh, who knows what other uh, websites. Maybe we'll have a Vine or something. Actually, we, we won't a need vine. a Vine In because fact, Instagram does video now. No, I actually <laughs> have a Vine ready to go, but I don't know if I want to share it. And it's of one of you three. Oh dear! 
That can't okay. be good. You definitely don't want to share it. You probably don't want to share <laughs> I, think I like Claude how all of us are vying not to is. share it just in case it's us. But if we knew yeah. it was one of the other guys, we'd lobby hardcore that it got No, no, no. Up. I would still say don't share it. <laughs> uh, don't share it. It's certainly of someone doing really well as far as not. Assault. I almost called it something. Oh, I already know who it is. Me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, again, for everybody here, I'm Grim, and this is DBO's Starside Lounge. Thanks for listening. Receiving incoming transmission.